Hello listeners, it's Seeking Plum, and once again I am back with more Socrates ramblings. I learned somewhere this weekend that whenever you pick up a book uh, by a philosopher of that time, apparently it's like you just walked in in the middle of a conversation. And another book might be that author's response to another philosopher. I found this tidbit of information somewhat reassuring and at the same time frustrating because I want to pull my hair out while I'm reading this book because I do feel like I'm missing pieces and and I want the full story because I want to be able to put all of the puzzle pieces together and if I don't have those puzzle pieces I feel like I should be able to figure it out and it ain't working. But now having this understanding, maybe, maybe I can cut some of those other gentlemen some slack where they're sitting there saying, exactly, that's right, of course that's the way it is. And I'm like, why aren't you asking questions? Because if I was in that room with Socrates and he is speaking and saying all of these things that just do not make any sense, I'd be like, uh, uh, what about this? And why do you say that? And couldn't it be that way? Yeah, I'd be that real pain in his ass. But if they've covered these topics before and they're not new territory, then of course they're going to give those pat answers of yes and exactly and right. <laughs> I'd be the obnoxious one in that crowd. So I read forward a bit but there was this one concept that was hanging me up and everything he was talking about was building on it. So I had to go back. And this is where it gets kind of wonky for me. I say he because it's Socrates talking, but it's Plato who wrote this. And when I did a little further digging, apparently some of these concepts were, were attributed to Plato. Okay, as I mentioned before, I have no formal education in philosophy. So I'm going to take this into the math realm. You may remember that when you first learned about circles and spheres and dots and lines and things like that, that you learned that there is no perfect sphere, circle, or anything like that. No human hand can create it. No computer can create it. It's simply not possible. With this understanding, Plato slash Socrates seemed to believe that prior to birth, we experienced uh, a dimension or a world where these perfect things existed. And not just perfect shapes, but perfect goodness, perfect, uh, or let's say absolute, absolute goodness, absolute equality, and so on. So that once we were born, we came in with some notion of these things, and somehow as we grow and our senses pick up on these things, we are recollecting what we already knew. Some of this is another topic which doesn't make sense to me and I have questions about and I wish I could talk to them, but okay, we're going to put that on pause. It's this concept of there being another dimension or realm or whatever you want to call it where there is a perfect anything or an absolute anything. And that here we are living with uh, imitations or copies. Every time I read about this concept, 
or hear about it, it seems like um, the idea is, is that the perfect exists and that its copies come from it. So it's feeding from that other whatever place that is to our universe. But what if it's not that way at all? And that we have constructed this notion of perfection and we've pushed it in the opposite direction. That there is nothing perfect and we have created an idea of perfection and this other place where it exists. This idea of perfection uh, permeates so much of our lives. We want to better ourselves to continue to reach this uh, epitome of our best selves. We use different means to do this. Sometimes it is faith and a belief of some kind. Sometimes it's books and uh, meditation and uh, things of that sort. Even if we're not looking to better ourselves, many are looking forward to some sort of a perfect afterlife, an eternity in a uh, utopia-type place. And these concepts come from a place of imperfection pushing towards perfection, which we know is not possible. I'm going to say theoretically. I don't believe it's possible. I don't know it's possible. I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to better ourselves or looking forward to a perfect uh, environment in an afterlife. I just think this tendency, this drive towards perfection seems to be well, it seems like it could be evidence of, of s these constructs that we created. You know, if, if atoms have, and energy have to remain completely still in order to have a perfect shape, what kind of universe or place would that be? Okay, that was completely parenthetical and probably a topic for another time. But it has me curious, <laughs> though I wouldn't even know how to tease that one out. So reading this book is a bit like reading fantasy. I mean, parts of it you can go along just fine, and other parts of it you have to sort of suspend belief. But then coming back into it where there's an area where you don't have to, and then jumping back out is a bit frustrating. But I'm determined! Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear from you, be it a comment, call, or clap. Let me know your thoughts here on Anchor or find me on Twitter at Seeking Plum.